but we also love diversification, right? So we want to spread risk through diversification across asset classes, regions, operating partners. And we do that um, really through typical fund model where we'll find several different investments that we want to invest in. It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Mark Curry. And today we are the Two Smart Assets. For those not yet familiar with Mark, in 2010, he co-founded SMK Capital Management, a boutique private equity real estate investment firm focusing on recession-resistant investment opportunities. Mark has been an avid real estate investor for over 18 years and has successfully bought, renovated, sold, and invested in over 120 properties with the combined value of over $1 billion. Mark, my man, it is great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Danny. Yeah, super ha- uh, super excited to jump into this conversation. Before we do, always like to start the show off by hearing more about you, the guest, Mark. So tell us more about your background, your story, and how you got into real estate. Sure, yeah, I'll keep it short. But I was uh, uh, working in finance, corporate America, Danny, nine to five, some evenings as well, and uh, started investing in real estate on the side in 2005, very active investing. Um, did that for five years. Um very active, parted, partnered with brothers, parents, cousins, anyone that, uh, of course, trusted us. Yeah. Good deals, a lot of heavy value add, flips. Um, and then by 2010, we had built a small portfolio, uh, decided to go full time, kind of get rid of the uh, W-2. It's a good time in the marketplace to continue to buy distressed assets, a lot of boarded up, vacant properties, direct from the bank, all cash, needing a lot of work and love and attention to to get them to be worth something. So we did that for many years, um, but also started investing in commercial real estate. Mm. That was a big part of a transition for me. You know, when I left corporate America, Danny, I had a 401k sitting idle. You know, what do you do with that money, right? So I opened up self-directed IRA. I was networking my tail off for a couple of years, meeting a lot of savvy folks and uh, started partnering with them, investing with them in different asset classes. Uh, over the years, we've invested in over a dozen asset classes, you know, personally and through our company. In the last five, six years, we've really just been focusing on a few asset classes that we think have great returns, but also a little lower risk in tune with the market today, right? Who knows what's going on? There's a lot of volatility, And so we really try and position capital to just be lowly correlated or uncorrelated to the economy. And uh, that's been a big focus of ours for, for a number of years. Yeah, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And actually, I say we dive into that a little bit more. So tell us more about like the current focus for you guys at SMK. You mentioned you're really particip- or really looking at just a, a few particular uh, asset classes. T- tell us more about that. Yeah. So real quick, our structure, you know, we evolved to Danny. We started out as an operating partner for many years and we started syndicating deals as well. Um, a lot of our investors have been with us for you know, over five plus years, very much trust us with what we do and how we do it. Um, but we also love diversification, right? So we want to spread risk through diversification across asset classes, regions, operating partners. And we do that um, really through typical fund model where we'll find several different investments that we want to invest in. 
Oftentimes, you put them all together into one entity so our investors can spread their capital across all of them and then reduce risk. Um, as far as asset classes go, like I mentioned, we've really been pretty focused on just several of them for the last call it four, five, six years now. Um, really, with the idea in 2018, we kind of saw that there could be potentially a recession coming soon. And we wanted to invest in assets that we think have a higher likelihood of weathering a storm. And that could be mobile home parks, self-storage, uh, class B apartments in growth markets, um, maybe some affordable housing in that sector as well. Also been doing a little bit of triple net industrial. Okay. And so those are those are some of them that we uh, we like to invest in. We also invest a little bit in, in ATMs. Okay, cool. So you guys are spread over uh, some pretty good asset asset classes there, and different types of investment strategies. I think that's a that's really cool, right? And especially when you're you're aiming for a diversified portfolio, um, that's exactly what you want, right? And so uh, very cool. Um, so you mentioned something about you know volatility in the market, and so as as a real estate professional uh, that you are, I want to ask you just get your opinion. You know, what are you seeing in terms of the current real estate investing environment? Any trends? Anything's going on there? You can kind of share with us. Yeah, absolutely. So say this, in early 2022, we kind of pivoted a little bit of our thesis, um, really focusing on long-term fixed rate debt. Obviously, mm. interest rates uh, have gone up, skyrocketed 500 basis points in about a year. And uh, that's obviously the Fed's action to combat inflation. And so you have a situation which we haven't seen, um, gosh, I, I don't know, very long time, Danny, if, if ever in my career, where the going in cap rate uh, might be lower than the mm -hmm. borrowing on the property, which creates uh, you know negative leverage, oftentimes negative cash flow, depending mm -hmm. on which leverage you have. So we're trying to find deals where we can still have a very healthy spread between the going in cap rate and the borrowing rate, the interest rate, anywhere from 75 to 200 basis points. It creates positive cash flow. We like to focus on investing for cash flow and growth, but in that order. And so um, I don't know if that helps answer the question, but there's a little bit of the dynamic of what we're trying to figure out today with the market where we can continue to invest and not necessarily be losing dollars to inflation, um, but also do it wisely where we think there's lower risk and still attractive returns. Um, as far as what the economy is going to do, if you want me to share some thoughts, on hey, hey, if you got a Chris, if you think uh, you know and give it a give it a jab, let's hear it. You know, uh, always I, open to opinions. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll start out by saying nobody knows, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so, where we are now, the middle of 2023, it's likely that the Fed's going to pause interest rate hikes uh, pretty shortly here, Danny. So that's something we've been waiting for and telling our investors we're waiting for for over a year. So let's see if it happens. And if it does, um, then we'll see what happens at the next Fed meeting after that. But potentially, potentially, we're at a peak of interest rate uh, growth and, and expansion that the Fed has uh, injected into the markets uh, very rapidly. Um, if that's the case, I think that's good. Uh, as long as inflation seems to be tamed and is is continuing a downward trend, which we've seen lately, we think that the result in the near term, which could be who knows, a few quarters from now, Danny, that. Um, buyers and sellers will hopefully come a little bit closer from a, a bid ask mm -hmm. point. You know, we're seeing sellers, you know, asking X, buyers providing an offer of Y. That gap is anywhere from twenty to thirty percent, and so deals Ooh. are getting done because of that spread. And so we're hopeful that that spread comes in, be more transactions. There's a ton of money sitting on the sidelines, 
Danny, as far as capital that needs to be put to work and invested. And so we don't think this is necessarily the same as 2008, where you had a very quick reduction in demand, people mm-hmm. looking to invest, um, and you had a very significant increase in supply. This feels a bit more just like supply is constrained because sellers are basically sitting tight. There's not a lot of transactions happening and buyers are, you know, demand is picking up and it's very quite, very much pent up, but the numbers have to make sense. And so uh, that that's a bit of a, a look into what we're seeing today and where we think things may go. Ho- hopefully we've peaked, but we don't quite know yet. Yeah, let's hope for sure. I mean, definitely nice to pick up some good deals. Speaking of that, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, um, there's this there's this gap between buyers and sellers, and and deal flow has has kind of you know tightened up basically because of that, and then the supply demand di- dynamics. Um, in terms of the different asset uh, types that you've been looking at, you mentioned mobile home parks, self storage, Class B apartments, affordable housing, those kind of things. Are you seeing more deal flow or more um, better? Um, I guess statistics or numbers coming in for one of those asset types over others. Are you seeing like one like really going after? Yeah, good question. So we look at about ten to twenty deals a month, Danny. We invest five or six a year. Okay, it's very much a filtered process where we we know what we're looking for. We say no most of the time, but when there's something special, we dive in. And mm-hmm. so, what is that? Um, lately, what we've found pretty ourselves pretty excited about, you know, on the affordable housing sector. Um, we really love tax exempt apartments. Okay. And this is a little niche that we've been investing in with, for a little while here now. It's essentially um, in apartments, what we do with our operating partners, partner with a local municipality in a public private partnership. And we essentially allocate up to half of the units at, an, at a building for an affordable component. It's tied to area meat and income. So it's a formula. It's a keeping half the units affordable by definition. Mm. And in exchange for that, the other half can be at market. You can do as you please with them as far as the rents go, but we get a uh, 99-year tax abatement. And so you don't have to pay property taxes for a very long time. And what that does, if you, I mean, you know the numbers, but your largest expense on these apartment buildings is property taxes. And so if you remove that or... Um, uh, get that abatement, you have a very nice strong going in cash flow year one on a property that otherwise probably wouldn't make too much sense. And so that's an area that we love today. We continue to, to do those deals. So I think that's very interesting, right? And I've actually heard of a, a, a couple of other people doing these, um, or at least considering them, right? And so um, I'm, I don't know much about it, but I would love to learn more about it. Um, so I got a few questions. Um, so with this strategy, with the tax abatement, obviously, like you said, you're getting a cash flow injection basically day one, right? With this tax abatement, uh, what kind of strategy do you have long term for holding that? In terms of like, do you implement a value add strategy with that, or are you kind of just writing it out until um, you know, till you dispose of the property or whatever? What does that look like? So typically, what we're doing is we're finding newer construction properties, Danny, mm. two thousand plus vintage. Um, some of them are brand new. Some of them are in between. What I just mentioned. So you have a little lower risk because the asset class's vintage is uh, a lot more safe than, let's say, a 1970s property. Um, and then what you're doing with these units, if it's not brand new, let's say it's 15 plus years old, usually the other 50% of the units that were not uh, income or rent restricted, we will have a, a CapEx plan, a business plan okay. to renovate those units and bring up rents to market or grow them over the, over the time period. 
Yeah, that sounds like a pretty awesome strategy. I'd love to you know learn more about it like that, or at least see a few deals come my way. Because like you said, I'm a passive investor as well, so it sounds like a, a pretty solid deal right there. But uh, you know, another thing you mentioned earlier was uh, there's a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines, right? And I know for some investors right now, uh, maybe some newer investors, maybe staff investors, just depends who you're talking to. Uh, some of these guys are sitting on the sidelines, just waiting to see how things shake out because of that uncertainty, right? So for those listeners who out there who are basically sitting on the sidelines, just you know, kind of biding their time. What are some strategies you might suggest for building our portfolio during uncertain times when there is volatility? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, you can't build a portfolio if you don't take some risk, and you have to take a little bit of risk. I think now's the time to be very cautious. Sure. But at the same time, if you're just sitting on cash and not doing anything with it, then you're not going to build a portfolio, and you're actually losing money to inflation. And so we like the idea of um, always be investing, mm. but there's times where I think th- there's a warrant for a pause. Like when COVID, the onset of COVID, we made no new investments for seven months. Sure. It was just way too much risk of the unknown. Um, today, we we are very cautious, but I think you got to get out there. You got to do some investing. Otherwise, you're losing money to inflation. And there's still good investments out there. They're just harder to find. And you got to be a little more careful. And so that's how we look at it. It's it's trying to really feel excited about an opportunity and not be too worried about the near term unknown. And so we're looking at a lot of like for the tax exempt departments, Danny, we're, we're like ten year fixed rate debt, seven years of interest only. That's enough time to weather a storm and to continue to not be a seller at the wrong time, right? That's really what you got to worry about in real estate. If you can ride out the lows and continue to hold, not sell at the wrong time. You know, historically, you're probably going to be okay in real estate. So, uh, just some thoughts there on today's today's volatility and how to manage it. Yeah, I think that's a great point, right? Especially you want to be paying attention whether you're active or passive, and definitely both. But you definitely want to be paying attention to the debt piece of it, right? Because that's where I think well, most folks get in trouble. Um, so, let's take this from a passive investor standpoint, right? They're wanting to build this portfolio during uncertain times, but they're not, you know, they're not sure what to invest in, right? Maybe they pulled uh, the trigger on a few deals before, um, but you know. They're again sitting on the sidelines, waiting with their cash, looking for a good deals. So they know to look at debt. They know to look at a sponsor. But when they, when it comes to building a portfolio of these passive investments, should they be diversifying through a number of these different uh, asset types, self storage, mobile home parks, stuff like that, or should they kind of just go all in on say, hey, this sponsor is doing apartments. So let's just focus on that for now. We're very much in the camp of diversification, Danny. That's been a big part of our thesis for over fifteen years, uh, and so we we feel that the Within real estate, there's so many ways to do it that you can create a good amount of diversification. Um, so I would say, from my view, it's safer and lower risk to diversify across asset classes. With that, you can get diversification across regions, different geographies, uh, and most importantly for us is also people, operating mm-hmm. partners. And so what we try and do is focus on the best of the best within these different asset classes and then spread our, our capital across them. That's how we've been doing it for a number of years. We've underwritten and vetted you know, over 130 operating partners to date in different wow. classes. Um, and there's there's thousands of them. And so that's a lot yeah. of work is figuring out who to invest with. But um, if you love it and you like talking to people and you understand um, the devolution of some of these businesses as operators, um, you can probably start picking good people to work with. 
Yep, absolutely. I think it's it's super important, especially as a passive investor, uh, to find those sponsors that you know you align with. And if you're working with a fund like yours, Mark, which is you know there's a lot of advantages to investing in a fund because you can be you know within multiple different types of properties in one fund, right? And it's it's uh, it's a very powerful strategy. But um, so with that in mind, man. So you know we're halfway through 2023. What are you guys focused on for the rest of this year? Are you any objectives you're looking to achieve in the next six, 12 months, say something like that? It's pretty specific. We are doing um, everything we can to keep sourcing great deals. And those are, are focused in the areas of affordable housing. So like I mentioned, tax exempt apartments. We also love mobile home parks, um, which is an affordable housing solution. Um, we've been invested in mobile home parks for about 12 years now. Um, we're also looking to diversify by creating funds. So for us, Danny, it's it's uh, we know what the end goal is as far as an investment goes. It's just creating it, sourcing it, building it, and and actually getting to that point um, where a lot of the work is you know behind the scenes before we actually uh, go in and write the check, right? And so uh, that's kind of how we're looking at 2023. Being cautious, really looking for. Uh, another point uh, just to add to today's marketplace is like if you can find opportunities that have a very low operating expense ratio, right? Mm -hmm. Just that one metric um, where you you are automatically in, in, hopefully in year one creating positive cash flow and a significant amount of it where if there is some volatility, say your operating expenses are 30% of the income. Um, you're in a pretty safe spot to start versus maybe 60, 70%, where if something does come up that you're not maybe seeing, um, the, the, the cash flow could be gone pretty quickly, right? So that's one quick tip that we, we look at today pretty regularly. Well, that's huge, right? I mean, that's, I mean, you're talking, you know, 30 to 60 or 70%, that Delta there is, is massive, right? And so I think being able to, to harness that and really, uh, you know, be able to look for that in your business is, is, is pretty important. So I think that, um, yeah, man, love to hear that tip, especially, you know, uh, kind of piecing that together with the debt, with the debt as well, making sure you're, you're, you know, taking on the appropriate debt and not over leveraging and, and, you know, fixed finance and uh, financing and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, great tips. I think, uh, you know, I could probably sit here and ask you, uh, probably 10 or 20 more questions about this, man. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, want to be respectful of your time before we get out of here though, tell us more about what you guys are going on over at, uh, SNK. Sure. I mean, today we're, we're very heavily involved in creating our alternative income fund three. So Danny, what that is, is five plus months of sourcing, underwriting, and putting together several different investments into one fund so that investors can diversify like we've been talking about, right? Sure. So it's, uh, it's exciting. Um, it's a, an investment that spreads capital across a lot of the asset classes we noted. Um, and in a very kind of strategic way, we've got a couple more fixed income investments like private real estate debt fund, like ATMs, and we have a portion of the portfolio going to those to provide in-place income. And then we have another portion of the portfolio going to more of the income in growth investments like mobile homes, self-storage, mm. triple net industrial. And so purpose of that is to reduce risk, to weather a storm, to keep creating cash flow, positive income, hopefully beating inflation and uh, grow capital invested. So that that's, I mean, that's what we work on every day. Um, we'll see how the rest of the year goes, but this has been a big focus for us this year. 
Awesome. Love to hear it. And I hope, you know, hopefully we get a good turn in the in the economic conditions where we can get some opportunities and get the ball rolling. So love to hear that, man. How can our listeners reach out to you, find more about these types of opportunities and just kind of gather more information? Yeah. I mean, we, we have a website, of course. I think it's a great place to start. It's smkcap.com. Again, our company name is SMK Capital Management. Um, and I would just su- suggest someone if they're interested in learning more about what we do, um, schedule a call. You know, I talk to all of my investors, they all have my cell phone. Uh, we, we do that on purpose. We try and listen to what folks need and see if we're a fit for them. Or if not, we can point them in the right direction and, and help them out. Awesome. Love to hear it, Mark. All right. We're going to make sure to put that stuff in the show notes. Mark, it's been a great conversation, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. My pleasure. Thank you, Danny. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast. We're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios and your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business. I promise this will only take you a few seconds and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.